Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the Business Kids Podcast. We talk to real people, not their job titles. Let's get straight to business. Hey there, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Business Kids Podcast. Today, uh, we are joined by a true business kid himself, a recent University of Gulf graduate, a TEDx speaker, a CEO of Start Smart Inc., and an entrepreneur who managed to get half a million dollar deal with Dragon's Den with his business, Barbecue Boys, Matt McCoy. Hey, Matt, guys. how are you? Glad to be with you. I appreciate the introduction. Thank you. I'm super excited <laughs> to be a part of this. We're excited to have you here too as well. Yeah. So I guess the first question we have is on the lines of Barbecue Boy. Could you walk us through real quickly how you started the business? Yeah. So I actually had a business partner. Uh, it was a friend of mine that we went to high school together. We grew up together. Um, and the two of us kind of came together in our last year of high school there in grade 12. And, you know, we kind of wanted to get our start, get it or get our start in entrepreneurship and, and kind of do something differently. You know, I had done all kinds of student jobs. I was a uh, produce clerk at uh, the grocery store, worked at a golf course, um, kind of just did all, all the student jobs growing up. And so I kind of wanted to try something new. And so we came together, we decided to start a business. Um, so we actually had no idea what we were going to do when we first started. Um, we didn't come in with an idea or anything like that. We just sort of came together and said, you know, we're going to start something. We're going to do a summer business, do something full time, something that we can get some experience. And, and uh, for me, it was really an opportunity to build my resume um, and sort of get out of the classic student summer job and kind of do something um, that would actually give me some entry level skills. Um, you know, I wanted to take the business route from an, an early age. I always knew I was going to go into business. Uh, and I wanted to go into the the corporate route, um, but I thought entrepreneurship was a great opportunity to learn. Um, so yeah, basically our business, Canadian Barbecue Boys, uh, what we offered was barbecue cleaning services uh, to uh, to homeowners. And essentially, what that was of us, we would go to someone's house. Uh, obviously, we got the sale ahead of time. We'd have to knock on doors and get the sale. Um, but uh, basically, we would go to their house and we would take apart their full barbecue and we would sort of just give it a full deep cleaning. And if it needed any repairs or any issues they were ha the customer was having, we would take care of all that. So we were essentially the barbecue experts for homeowners where we first got started. So that's how we basically got started. It was in our first year of university. We spent kind of the school year part of it, putting together our business plans and figuring out our process and how we we're going to do everything. And then, yeah, in the summertime, we went full-fledged. We went full-time into it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, just a little bit of a follow-up with that. Uh, having a business like that, that got to as far as it as it did there was obviously must have been some shortcomings with that so what were like the hardest part of starting any kind of uh, blockades that you have can you walk us through some of those as well yeah so actually when we first decided to start this you know choosing barbecue cleaning as a service it was relatively unknown you know we kind of came across the idea when my business partner his parents had gotten the service done they had a really awful experience the person that they had come do it didn't really have a business he was kind of a general contractor um, charged an astronomically high amount of money and he had to come back multiple times and they were just really unhappy with the experience. So they actually mentioned that to my business partner that um, I, I, they just kind of knew we wanted to start a business and they mentioned that that might be something. So we chatted about it. And uh, so, yeah, our biggest, I guess, like the first sort of challenge was really just figuring out how we were going to do that. There wasn't really a roadmap laid out for us. So we kind of had, I guess, a lot of freedom, but also a lot of uh, uncertainty. We didn't really know if the, the idea was going to work. We didn't know if it was going to be a, a valid business in the market. And I think a lot of people go the entrepreneurial route in the longer term, definitely have that struggle where they don't really, they, it, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? You're, you're really taking things into your own hands. And, and if you fail, then you fail bad. You've, you know, there's nothing left for you. And if you succeed, then the sky's the limit. 
so yeah, basically our, I guess our first challenge was just getting off the ground and figuring out what we were going to do. And we certainly made a lot of mistakes in the process, definitely invested in things we shouldn't have and, and, um, didn't really, uh, I guess, follow the conventional route. Uh, but you know, when we kind of went through those challenges, I guess, you know, making those mistakes, especially early on, it was actually the best learning experience ever for us because we sort of got a chance to test all different kinds of things out. You know, when it came to sales, when it came to marketing, came to how we were getting the word out about our business, because we were really, we were kind of selling our service, you know, what we were offering, but we were also selling the idea behind our service and the value behind our service. So why someone should get their barbecue cleaned and serviced, and then also why they should choose us. So we kind of just got creative with all kinds of ways to market and sell that. And we were able to test out all different things and see what worked and see what didn't. Um, so I think, you know, when it comes to challenges you face, when you're a student, it's sort of the best time, especially early on in university, it's the best time to try things out and fail fast, learn from it, be adaptable and be resilient. And as long as you kind of have that way of keeping yourself motivated and keep moving forward, then you'll always be able to kind of come back to that and, and figure out, um, you know, what what is the next what is the next step? And and maybe that's not always continuing along with with that business or what you're doing there, but it's a great stepping stone for the uh, for the next thing that you uh, that you do. Bouncing mm -hmm. off of the um, getting the business running and testing all of, all of these different ideas, uh, obviously marketing must have been a huge part of it to get the a business to get popular to get more clients. So what were some of like the creative ways that you kind of got more people to be aware of barbecue boys? Um, yeah, so we tried a lot of things. So the, I guess when we first got off the ground, so when we first started, we went as organic as possible, literally just knocking on doors in my neighborhood. So we essentially just went out, we put together kind of a sales pitch and we said, you know, our, we don't have a budget. We don't really have any money yet. So we're going to just go out and knock on doors for sales. It's sort of like the most raw thing you can do when you have nothing else is just a, I guess, cold call or go out and do go and knock on doors. So that's what we did. Uh, that's how we got off the ground. And I think that was honestly the best thing to do. And, and for any startup, no matter what, the, I think the best place to start is going out and not spending a lot of money and not, um, you know, getting too crazy with the marketing, but really getting on the ground level and connecting with, uh, with prospects and with potential customers just on the ground level, because that allowed us to learn what our customers valued in our service. What were what were the characteristics of our customers? Who was interested in our service? Who wasn't? We were, we learned pretty quickly where we should spend our time, where we should spend our money in terms of marketing and, and in terms of sales, because we just had such a good base level of knowledge from all the interactions we had on the doorstep with people of all different backgrounds, all kinds of, um, you know, all different things, you know, whether they had a barbecue or not, whether they were someone, um, you know, who'd like to use their barbecue, whether they were their, you know, their income level, obviously it's a, it's not a necessary service. So you got to, we got to tap into people with disposable income, um, all those sort of demographics and psychographics that you kind of figure out on the ground level um, is a great place to start. And then after that, what kind of propelled us, I guess, from a service, you know, just offered by two guys to really being a business was we actually set up a Google AdWords campaign. So at the time, this was before years ago, Google AdWords was big in a lot of businesses, but it really wasn't big in home services and especially not big in our industry, which is a very niche home service. So we sort of just put together a basic Google AdWords campaign um, I think we even just used the get Google AdWords Express. We didn't even use the full Google AdWords, uh, like the full depth of what of what you can do with it. Um, we basically just put together a basic one. So anytime anyone would search up barbecue cleaning or anything related to barbecues, we would come up. 
um, because there was no one else bidding on these words. There was no one else with these campaigns set up. So we essentially had freedom to do any sort of keyword search, any sort of you know search in general. So that really kind of created a way for us that anyone who was already looking for the service was being fed right into us. So that helped us grow a lot. We did a lot of stuff direct on the ground. So we would do lawn signs. We put lawn signs up when our uh, when our service was done. We'd do all kinds of flyers and, and kind of hitting neighborhoods directly, which which any student summer business, that's the best way to do it. Um, you know, people see that and uh, you can pretty easily communicate how your, um, you know, how your how your business. And I think um, the biggest thing that we could got, get creative with was sort of the messaging and the content behind what we did. So one one thing that really worked for us was we put together a flyer that you know we spent a lot of money on professional flyers and we were finding that that deterred a lot of people they you know they'd see a flyer on their doorstep and automatically throw it out so we actually just started printing off just letter style flyers it was basically like designed as a letter had a picture of the two of us on there and was just emphasizing we were student entrepreneurs and we had a ton of su- success with that flyer because it was more genuine it connected with people more they were actually willing to read it because it wasn't a really selly uh, flyer. So that was, you know, where we got creative. And then obviously when we really got into the Google AdWords, we started to optimize our digital presence. So we really built out our website. We built out an e-commerce store. We built an online app with a team of offshore developers so we could take bookings and manage our bookings online and have our whole funnel done like that. Um, And then, yeah, we sort of just grew, um, I think, with a combination. We found that right combination of everything. Um, But ultimately, I mean, in any business, you'll find that the biggest thing is word of mouth. And I think a lot of our growth came from just our customers being so happy with the relationship we built with them. And, and they're so happy with the experience we provided. So they would tell their friends, we would encourage them to tell their friends, and we'd really ask for those reviews. And we became the highest review, reviewed company pretty quickly. And we still hold that. Um, you know, I'm no longer with the business now, but we still hold that by a long shot. We have tons of reviews and that really helps us. Um, you know, that's kind of the digital word of mouth. Um, but yeah, those, I guess that's kind of, you know, a mix of everything that we did for, uh, for marketing and promotions and sales. Wow. From zero to hero, wow. from starting out just like a word of mouth and things like that to that whole full scope of marketing uh, strategies. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, all organic, all from the ground up. That's why it's uh, you know it's a great place to start as a student because um, you can really, especially if you're someone interested in marketing or you're studying marketing um, or you're studying you know just general business or management, it really gives you an opportunity to not only create the plans like you can put together a whole strategy and plan sort of what what you would do in school, but you actually get to implement those plans afterwards. And the implementation is where the difficulty comes. Um, so you can see you know you don't just create this perfect plan; you have to actually execute that plan and then you can learn from the ground up and then sort of build from there. So it's a really, really good entry-level experience. And if you're able to grow your business throughout university, it can become more than just an entry-level experience. It can be really, uh, you know, a higher-level experience in marketing um, and something that you completely built yourself so you get the, the gratification, the reward of it. Along growing, we know that you guys went from around two people, just you two starting it, to around 30, I believe. So we just want to ask, alongside growing it and, you know, trying to organically develop the company, how, how was it managing that many people? And what's the biggest thing that you'd suggest for trying to work with teams and lead teams? Yeah, so it was honestly, it was really cool that we were able to grow to that much. So, yeah, in our recent in our most recent summer, uh, my last summer with uh, with business before I sold, we had just under 30 employees. So we had a, t- a small team in the office and then a pretty big team on the field. 
Um, so yeah, basically, uh, my, I guess, you know, I, I learned so much from managing team. It was actually my favorite, my favorite part of the whole experience was bringing on other students, you know, a lot of times similar in age to me, sometimes older, sometimes younger. And, you know, for me, I found similar to what you kind of see in sports. I think the same applies to business in the sense you really got to lead by example. So, you know, in times when we sort of burnt out, we weren't giving it our all because we, you know, we would put in tons of work in the off season before the actual business was running. But, you know, if that once we, if we didn't have our ga- our foot on the gas and we weren't going all out and our team members didn't see that, it really reflected in the company's culture. You know, it kind of goes from the top down. If they, if, and if, if they see that you're not putting in the work, then they sort of, kind of follow along that path. So I really like to think that leading by example is huge. And and as you know, a business owner, you're always going to be the one that cares the most about your business. And even if you're a manager or a leader, you're going to be the one that takes the most responsibility and cares the most. And people can read that, you know, and especially if you hire, you know, good care, good quality people, people with character, people, you know, have good traits, which I really firmly believe we always did. We had a great team. We had really energetic, energetic, motivated students. Um, we were super lucky to have them working for us, but it would, the biggest thing that was, that I sort of learned and what it came down to is you can't expect to hire someone and offload all your work to them. It really doesn't work like that. You, you hire someone to come on the team and grow with you and, you know, help you achieve more than you would on your own, but you still got to be working full-fledged, working all the time. And so each year, you know, we hired a little bit more every year. Um, I think our biggest learning experience was when we tried to hire too many people in one year. We tried to expand basically from a relatively small operation in our main, in our first town that we started in, which is Oakville, Ontario. And um, afterwards, we tried to go kind of all across Ontario a little bit quicker. We were trying to apply sort of what we were doing there. And we thought we were going to hire team members, kind of give them a good solid training. And that would that would sort of be the formula for success. But we really found pretty early on that um, when we sort of hired more people and there was, we had less control and less direct um, interaction with our customers, with our employees and, and with all of our systems, then things start to fall apart. People sort of do things their own way. And, you know, people kind of try to get away with doing the bare minimum. I think that's just natural with um, with us as humans. Um, so I think that, you know, when, when you tr- I guess my biggest learning there was that when you try to grow too fast, uh, you're going to pay the consequence. You're going to pay the price. And that was a big learning experience for me. And then after that, once we kind of learned, we adapted, we realized, you know, we got to be on the front lines. We got to show our guys that we're not just sitting behind a desk in the office or we're not just sitting at home. We're working just as hard. And you ultimately, ideally, you want to be the hardest working and doing the most at the company. And that's the way you get the most out of your team. Um, so I think that, you know, that resonates in sports, that resonates in any business. You got to lead by example and you got to be the hardest working and, and especially care the most uh, about what you do and, and about your team and, and being resilient and adaptive to their needs as well. Now that we're talking about teams and things like that, obviously, every, everyone can bring a different aspect to the table, right? So given the fact that of your experience with working with uh, bigger teams, what do you look for in like a team member? Do you look for uh, maybe resilience or anything like that? Or is it... Like different candidates provide different experiences. So do you have like a specific set of kind of guidelines or checklists that you look for, or is it just what feels right at the moment? So the biggest, biggest thing that I ever looked for in a candidate was someone who wanted the job and was willing to do what it took to be successful at the job. So, you know, someone who 
someone who, first of all, before an interview, reached out several times, made sure that they were on time during the interview, really talked about how much they wanted the job. They knew something about the company. Um, they knew something about the role. Maybe they did their research. Maybe they talked to people ahead of time. And then afterwards, they follow up. They say how great the interview was, and they really hope they got the job. So for me, the biggest and the biggest quality and the best success I've had with with team members is people who really want the job and are enthusiastic about the job. I think that really outpaces experience. It outpaces previous skills or qualities or traits. Uh, I think desire to do a good job and work for that company and give it your all will always be um, a kind of top of mind for myself. Um, because I think a lot of skills, especially, I mean, we, with us, uh, we obviously didn't have very complicated jobs, but a lot of the skills can be learned and a lot of things that you can you know, you can learn over time, but if your head's not in it, you don't actually want the job. You're kind of half in it. You're never going to be a great employee. You're never going to be a great team member to have on your team. So if you, you know, if you really want a job, you got to show it to the, show it to the person that's interviewing you, follow up. Uh, even if you have to follow up multiple times, connect with more people at the company, really show how much you want the job. Cause the more you want it, the more that, uh, the more you're going to get the company's going to to want to work with you and the more they know that you're going to be committed and stay with them and uh, be willing to go that extra mile to do a good job when you actually get the job that's good advice and i think it's about time that we uh we mentioned the elephant in the room around the uh, barbecue boys and we talk about your uh, dragons then experience <laughs> so <laughs> i just want to ask really quickly what was that all about? Yeah, man, that's uh, yeah, it's definitely a great experience to talk about. So basically how I, I guess I can tell you how we got on the show first. Um, so how Dragon's End kind of works is there's first a, a sort of an audition that you go to in front of the producers. You kind of just do a rough pitch in front of a couple of producers and then they determine uh, there's basically two outcomes from that. They determine if you're going to be actually on the show uh, or I guess there's three outcomes. You determine if you're going to be on the show or if you're going to be on the waiting list. Uh, or if you're not going to be on the show. Um, and then afterwards, you go out, it's about a month later, you find out and you go out and actually film. So how how it happened for us was basically we got, we actually got a call from one of the producers on my cell phone, which was my, the company phone number at the time. We were still in our really early days, like literally the same phone I used to, you know, text people, go to the bar and hang out and, and you know, go on Instagram, Snapchat or whatever. That was the company phone too. So that's how early we were. We were really in our early stages. We didn't have a company phone. It was really just my cell phone. And so one of the producers uh, of the show caught, got in contact, found my number and gave me a call. Uh, I'll be completely honest with you guys. It was the day after a night out at the bar. And so I was, you know, I was a little bit hungover and I, I didn't exactly <laughs> think that it was that serious or true. Like I, I really didn't. Um, so basically someone called me, she said, you know, hi, I'm Megan. I'm one of the producers of Dragon's Den. And for me immediately, I didn't think it was, I couldn't, I, I was just like, this can't be true. Um, but anyways, I just kind of listened along. She explained, um, you know, that she was from, she, she kind of established credibility pretty quickly. And, and all of a sudden I snapped out of it and realized, oh my goodness, this is, you know, this is someone that's, this is legit. Like this can be an opportunity. And so anyways, she basically asked us to come out to the audition. There was, they do sort of a cross Canada tour. They go to each kind of, they go to a lot of towns across Canada to do these auditions. And so they were coming to Guelph, which is where we were at school. And I think they had heard of us because they either heard of us through the school or maybe they, one of them had been one of our customers, but they just heard of us one way or another. And um, basically, yeah, she, she said, we want you to come out to the Guelph audition. And so I talked to my business partner at the time and, and, you know, we were just a couple of us. I think we had six or seven employees at the time. We were really small and, 
you know, we kind of came to the conclusion that we weren't really ready for it and we had no need for investment and we really didn't want to give up uh, our idea um, or, you know, just what we had so far because we didn't really have much. We didn't think we'd really get a deal. Um, so we just told her, you know, thanks for the invite, but we're not going to go. Uh, and then anyways, a couple of weeks goes by and they we didn't go to the Guelph audition. She ended up calling me back. She followed up and she said, um, you know, you why didn't you come? And, and we were just like, well, we we kind of told you we weren't going to come. We never planned on coming. Um, but anyway, she was just like, no, you guys got to come. Like you'd have a really good chance being on the show. So we were just like, all right, let's do it. So we went to the next audition. I think it was in like Niagara Falls or something like that. And we drove out there and we did, we did kind of an okay pitch. It was our first time pitching our business. And so anyways, we didn't get on the show, like on the main lineup, we got on the waiting list, but they told us there's still a good chance we'd be on the show. It's just when you're on the waiting list, you only find out the really last minute. And so yeah, basically we we sort of waited a month. I mean, we didn't really think we were going to be on the show at that point. And then all of a sudden we get a call and two days before they basically call us and say, hey, are you guys free on Tuesday? It was Sunday. And they said, are you guys free on Tuesday? Come out and be on the show. And we're just like, oh my God. And so it, it was kind of the worst timing for us because it was also the first day of our season. So we had uh, 15 new team members to train. That was actually the year we did the big expansion and kind of learned a lot from our mistakes there. But we had a bunch of new team members to train. We had all kinds of things coming up that we had to deal with. And we suddenly had this opportunity to go on Dragon's Den. So anyways, we didn't have a pitch. We didn't have anything kind of put together. We actually contacted one of our customers that was scheduled for Tuesday and we asked them if we could take their barbecue with us on the show. Uh, so we'd have like a live demo kind of thing, like showing half a barbecue clean, half of it dirty, <laughs> and talking about our service. Um, so we got like a U-Haul. We rented one of those big U-Haul trucks. We picked up, we stopped at the customer's house, picked up the barbecue and we took it on set with it. We drove to the CBC studio, downtown Toronto, came up with a pitch on the car ride there. We really didn't have much going. We really, we were super nervous. We were like, you know what, this is going to be either. I mean, this is either going to be a huge, we're going to get lucky here and we're just going to pull it out of our ass and make it work. Or it's going to be something that's going to be kind of a bad, bad experience for the brand. But anyways, we had no other option. We were just like, we're going to take this. We're going to do this. Um, we get there and uh, yeah, sort of the rest is history. We went out on the show uh, they were super, you know, the producers ahead of time, they sort of work with you. Um, we kind of connect, we practiced a little bit and then we go out on the show and yeah, we were out there for about 15 minutes. They ended up cutting it down to about half that. So about seven or eight minutes. And so, yeah, you kind of go out and, and honestly, the dragons were not really that intimidating. They were super nice. They had one guy that was kind of, I guess, like the antagonist character, like it was like, like he's like the Kevin O'Leary. Anyways, yeah, it was super great. We got a deal on the show for uh, for our, exactly what we went in asking for at a five hundred thousand dollar valuation with uh, with Boston Pizza's Jim Tra Living. Um, and then after that show, like basically, well, actually, a full year went by before we before it aired, so we couldn't tell anyone, which sucked. Um, so we had to keep that to ourselves, and we basically everyone knew we were on Dragons, and everyone asked us, and we were just like, "Well, we signed a contract saying because once we got the deal, it's like you sign a contract, you can't tell anyone uh, until everything's sorted out, until the episode airs." So we basically had to keep keep our mouths shut for a year, and and knowing that we were going to have a Dragons Den experience, get a Dragons Den episode. Um, and then, yeah, after that, we just sort of blew up uh, and we really used the uh, we really used it like any I guess any company would. Uh, we used it as an infomercial to really get our brand out there. And, yeah, it helped us a lot. We got tons of customers after that and really established ourselves as, uh, you know, as credible entrepreneurs. Wow, that's that's quite a story. <laughs> wow. One thing that oh, I, I want to ask, like as an entrepreneur, you have to make a lot of decisions on the fly because given like that story, you know, you had to come up with like on the spot. OK, what pitch do I want to do? Uh, how do I want to make this? I'm taking my clients uh, barbecue and just bring it on the show. Is that like mostly everyday things? Like do you always had to have to make decisions on the spot. 
like every day uh, I'd say the one thing with entrepreneurship is you kind of just have to be get you just kind of have to get used to being comfortable with being uncomfortable and that was always it at the start it was an adjustment because you always have to make snap decisions like you're always expected to make a decision if you linger on that decision if you think too hard about it then it's too late and you're impacting you know a bunch of decisions that weren't made because of that so every day is a decision and you just have to get really comfortable with making decisions and going with it and if it was a bad decision you just got to be adaptable and flexible to to kind of move forward and, and learn from it so it really puts you to the test mentally uh, you can't really stay like hard-headed or like set in your ways. Um, you know, I definitely was like that before in certain certain ways. But once you once you go through that, where it's like every single day you have to make decisions, especially when you have a larger team, you got all kinds of decisions you got to make all the time. You know, and especially like you know the hardest example is when you have to fire someone. Like when someone's um, you know when someone's really. Uh, done you wrong and someone's really costing you and making that decision like that's an incredibly difficult decision um, but again you got to make these decisions all the time and it felt really uncomfortable at the start you sort of feel like you uh, a lot of like a common thing that people talk about is like imposter syndrome where they kind of feel like you know they're faking it like they're not really um, they're, they shouldn't be where they are um, but you kind of have to get used to that like being uncomfortable being like not totally certain about everything and just kind of going with what you think is the best decision at the time and i made all kinds of bad decisions don't get me wrong like i'm no expert <laughs> in decision making but uh, I, I made decisions and you go you kind of live with them and then you move on quickly and the best thing that you can be good at is learn is being able to learn quickly from the decision you make so being really reflective and, and evaluating constantly just as a second nature like i find nowadays anytime i'm doing anything i'm constantly reflecting at every every aspect so i make a decision i don't you i don't like overdwell on any decision but after i make that decision after i'm kind of in the thick of things i'm just like programmed to be reflective and and, and analyze that decision and, and be adaptable and ask people for feedback and um, yeah, just move forward. And you kind of just, yeah, you gotta get comfortable with being uncomfortable and really comfortable with just making decisions that are, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, that's good advice, I'd say. I just wanna shift quickly to a bit more present day with Start Smart Inc. and what you're currently doing. So could you just explain to us? Yeah, 100%. What so that's in all my about? last semester of university, I was able to sell my business, uh, which is great. I started it uh, right when I started university and, and sold it at basically at the end. So in my last semester, I sort of, um, you know, I was taking that time to reflect and look back on my experience. And I just realized, you know, how much value I got out of the university experience. Like, honestly, I, I could not have had a better university experience. I, I was able to gain so many skills, figured out what I was good at, what I wasn't so good at. Um, and, uh, you know, I sort of networked around, like just not even really trying to network. I, I just built my network and had amassed this, this big network. And, and I sort of just had all this knowledge about, you know, running a student business, especially like a summer business. And so I just became really passionate about what the impacts that can have. Um, because looking back at myself, I literally was, I worked in a grocery store before I started this business. And then suddenly I was expected to be you know, an entrepreneur and, and growing my business and doing all that. And really, I guess like the point that I kind of came like like the conclusion I came to is that everyone starts somewhere. And the biggest thing is getting started. Like it really doesn't matter if you have a great big idea or great big plan, getting started. And then after you get started, that's when the ideas come. That's when the learnings come. So that's kind of how Start Smart was born. Uh, my last semester university, I put together this network, uh, named it Start Smart. And, and essentially what it is, it's a platform to help students get started in entrepreneurship. 
Um, so it's a, it's sort of like a, if you want, if you picture sort of like LinkedIn without all the bells and whistles, not nearly as nice. That's essentially how it's laid out. There's a, there's a posting feed. There's, you can build a profile, you can send direct messaging, there's groups. Um, and then there's a whole resource center that I continue to build every day um, with just different categories, different types of resources for students. So that's completely free for students to join. And that's really just my way to open up entrepreneurship or the idea of entrepreneurship to a wider range of students. And then our main offering that we offer is called the Summer Startup Program. And so essentially what the startup, Summer Startup Program is, it's a 20-week entrepreneurship boot camp designed to help students start, um, basically start from scratch. So they don't need to come in with any idea or any plan. They sort of, they send in an application, they apply to be part of the program. And that's sort of the beginning of the program. We help them start. And then through the winter semester, so through the 20 weeks, uh, about 16 or weeks or so it's during the winter semester, we build every part of that startup. So we go through all the startup stages, um, you know, the business planning stages, the financial projections, really starting off with understanding the customers, going out and doing customer interviews, um, building the marketing plan, building the website, building the sales pitch, figuring out how you to get sales, figuring out a process for your service, um, registering your business, you know, all, the, all those things um, designed in that, uh, in that frame of building the business. And then after exams are finished, students will then go launch their summer business. Um, so we're looking at businesses that students can run full-time in the summer. So like a car cleaning business, a landscaping business, window washing, painting, all those businesses that are practical, don't require a lot of experience, or they don't really have any barriers to entry. So students can get get in on the ground level and get that experience. Um, and then basically, I you know I, how, how the program's kind of designed is there's a lot of self-guided learning. So there's about 200 or so videos that I've built um, along with support documents and templates that students use to follow along their journey. So it's not like theory teaching, it's none of that. It's all just practical based. So every time students log in, they work on that portion of the program for that week, they're building their business alongside that. Uh, and then the other aspect is the guided mentorship. So we have uh, every week, we have a two hour session within small groups of students that are also building their businesses. And we go through the trials and tribulations. So the challenges that students are going through, we go through all those stages uh, together and we figure that out together as a community. And then sort of the third, I guess, pillar of the program is that group accountability. So students being in the network, holding them accountable to their startup. Um, so the idea is they'll build strong relationships with their like-minded peers that are also doing the same thing. And this network will help them stay accountable, help them get through the process and go through those difficult times. So they actually follow through with launching. Um, and then throughout the summer, we kind of all support each other, mostly myself being a resource um, in a more of an informal way throughout the summer. And then a big goal for this year for me is to really help students get the most from a learning perspective uh, out of it so that in the fall, when they're looking back, they're shutting down their business for the year and kind of reflecting back, they can decide you know, what they learned from it, where their strengths are, where they should kind of guide their career path going forward. Um, so it's really ideal for, for first and second year students who are still figuring that out. Um, and this experience can kind of give them that entry level experience in all areas of business. And then ultimately, we will then transition. So we'll hopefully, you know, some students will see entrepreneurship as a good route for them. They'll maybe have more ideas or they'll want to grow their business, their summer business like I did in university. Or they can use that opportunity to build their resume and have some actual real world experience to talk about in job interviews and hopefully hopefully use that to propel them to the to the next stage and, and differentiate themselves from, from other students. Wow. I mean, we'll definitely uh, keep a lookout on Start Smart Inc. Uh, as it grows and things like that. Obviously, as we've talked about in this uh, small podcast about how 
you went from obviously just working at a produce department to uh, expanding a business that took off just as a, a friend group. And then, you know, starting another business what's all, all together uh, to kind of help a network of students develop their connections and things like that and things like that. So I just wanted to ask you based on that to anybody that's listening that maybe is considering entrepreneurship uh, as a career, what advice would you give like students maybe in first year, second year, or even high school that may be listening to this? Yeah. So my biggest advice, and I say this all the time, I, I will always say this is get started as soon as possible. Don't wait for that light bulb idea or that, you know, that thing that you're passionate about. All that stuff comes after you've already started very rarely. And you can look back. Um, it's not just me saying this. If you look back to some of the most successful people in this, in, in the world, almost all of them started with something practical. You know, Mark Cuban from Shark Tank started selling garbage bags door to door. Warren Buffett started with a lemonade stand um, and then he was selling pinball machines. And then he was, you know, he, he kind of worked his way up before he became an acclaimed investor. Michelle from Dragon's Den started a coffee shop at her university, was just selling coffee at her university. Almost every single successful person started somewhere. They started something practical, somewhere that didn't require a lot of knowledge or experience or investment or skills to get started. And especially, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur or if you're really pursuing the corporate route with the goal of working your way up and becoming an executive, you got to get that real world experience as early as possible. So, you know, even in high school or first, second year university, these are the best times to get out there and get in the real world and get this experience. And I think the best place to start is a summer business, something that you can really go full fledged full time into and get that experience in every area of business. You know, being on the ground level in sales, marketing, operations, finance, management, really getting that touch point in every single aspect from the ground up is so massive. And, you know, this isn't something that you need to be passionate about. It's not something that's going to be a long term great idea, but it's going to be the stepping stone to get there. And very, very rare. Are you going to get there on the first shot? You're going to, what this experience will do is it'll help you learn. Uh, hopefully you can make a lot of money for the work that you put in. Um, but it'll give you that stepping stone and give you that foundation to be confident in yourself, confident in your abilities and in the direction you should head. Um, so the biggest way to eliminate all risk and, um, you know, all post-grad, um, I guess, stress is to get out there in the real world in your first year or in high school and get that experience from the ground level and then, and then build from there. Do it. So just get do out there and as soon as possible. do it, <laughs> get something going. Thank you very much. And I guess to finish us off, we just want to ask, is there anything that you want to plug specifically for Start Smart or anything um, else? Yeah, so our, our application deadline's about? coming up for our summer startup program. So any students that are considering their summer plans, looking at summer jobs, really uh, challenge you to consider entrepreneurship, starting a summer business this year. It's a great opportunity, as I've talked about all, all summer long. And our program is really designed to give you that structure and, and that backing uh, to give you that security, knowing that you're going through the process and you get the most out of it and setting up for success. Um, so it's our summer startup program. You go to startsmartinc.com and the application deadline closes in December, uh, but I wouldn't wait until then. I would get into this as soon as possible. Check it out, set up, an, set up a call with me. We can chat about it. Um, you can definitely reach out to me on the Instagram page, startsmartinc. Um, or even just go on my personal, like on my personal Instagram, send me a direct message anytime. Um, by all means, I love talking entrepreneurship. I love talking about uh, especially student entrepreneurship and getting started early. Um, so yeah, by all means, reach out to me. And, you know, one last thing is we do have a pitch challenge um, that we're doing and it's called Pitch a Summer Business Challenge. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited for that event. It's a good opportunity to get students out there and get some experience um, before deciding, you know, whether uh, entrepreneurship is right for them. 
Um, but yeah, this is a great summer to do it. You know, the world's a different place. The world's changing fast. The best time to get started is now. Um, so yeah, go on our website, Start Smart Inc. And, and apply for our summer startup program. You won't regret it. Thank you very much for being a part of today's podcast, Matthew. Uh, I feel like we we gained some valuable insight on that. And uh, it's always good to just get someone that actually went through all the experience to talk about their experiences, right? Unless in, in, instead of like just, just some random person, right? So thank you very much for being a part of today's podcast. 100%. Thanks for having me, guys. I really love what you guys are doing here. I can't wait to follow along. Thank you. All right, everybody. Matthew McCoy.